we have talked about open source in our last podcast and Ayush and Sahil explained various aspects regarding it. Ayush and Sahil are final year students from Amit University. Ayush has contributed to Fossology as a part of GSOC 2019 and 2020, whereas Sahil has completed GSOC 2020 under University of Connecticut and NRNB. In this particular podcast, we will be talking about Google Summer of Code, that is GSOC. Ayush and Sahil, who have successfully completed GSOC this year, will be sharing their experience and guiding our listeners regarding GSOC. So let's start. Hi, this is Vinod Kamath from DSC PVG COT and you are listening to Verbo's Law, your one-stop tech podcast. So let's talk about the big thing uh, that everyone is talking right now because it's the month of November and uh, Google Summer of Code is going to start soon and the people who are uh, preparing for it very hard and want to participate in GSOC must be uh, planning right now. So for all the listeners who are uh, not aware about what GSOC is exactly, can you please explain what GSOC is? So uh, what is GSOC? Mm, GSOC as it stands for Google Summer of Code. Uh, now, now a two-month program sponsored by Google. So basically what Google does is uh, invites application for several from several open source organizations. Organizations submit their projects and ideas and then Google opens the door for the students to contribute. So what we students do is look at the projects. Uh, if something interests us, we write a proposal. Uh, then if our proposal gets uh, accepted, then we work on that project. Google pays us a good amount. We get a ton of uh, open source experience and uh, exposure. Basically, in nutshell, what is like, this is GSOC. Why does Google pay? because they have a lot of money lying around <laughs> and uh, like for seriously then like they want to motivate students to like yeah. bring in open source right they like it's a like kind of a motivation for students to participate in this hub so they get paid for their contributions it shouldn't be taken like this uh, as a sole motivation for participating in this that's also not google's intention and how much did you get pay like how much do google pays you for that unfortunately earlier we used to get $3000 but from this year most probably you will be getting $1500 like around 1 lakh something uh, so can you tell about the gsoc process and what are the important dates that we should look forward to this year or maybe months ayush can we can try that uh, i am very bad with dates <laughs> uh, okay. okay i think uh, uh, i think it starts from january right when google uh, starts uh, getting the applications from the organizations i i will give you a vague idea you can you can confirm this on the timeline it's live for 2021 yeah. as well yeah sure the uh, organizations are announced in feb either in mid feb or around the ending of feb after that you have one month to interact with your organization and pick up the project like feb to march and uh, after that march uh, you have one month period for submitting a proposal one month of 15 days i guess it is 15 days and after you submit your proposal within those 15 days 
you get you have to wait one more month for the announcement of results so you will start your gsoc in may i guess starting of may your may to june will be community bonding period this is a time for you to understand the code base and interact with the community after you are done with the community bonding period earlier it was 3 months but now it's going to be 2 months two evaluations earlier it was three evaluations now you have only two evaluations so count two months in and then you are done with gsoc so basically that's how the how the timeline works and for organizations you can look up the previous year organizations but uh, google like earlier what the trend used to be there are like 90% of the same organizations every year only 10% organizations either drop or there are some new organizations so you can look up the history like which organization is participating for more than 2 or 3 years and there are the chances that they are going to participate again this year as well but this year google announced that there will be around 40 or 50 new organizations so you have to look into that like this year there are going to be drastic changes right uh, so so usually how many organizations are there for a gsoc the number is around 200 for the past 3 years i guess around 200 organizations okay um so you said that you started uh, with the open source and you started with gsoc as a fun activity but uh, once you thought that uh, like once you decided that you will prepare for gsoc or maybe you will apply for gsoc how did you prepare for it what was the preparation and what was the planning behind it so i um, should explain this answer better i guess yeah so uh, first thing uh, you need to do is to get familiar with the project so if you want to work on any particular project you must know what the project is all about it's a, if it's a website it's an app it's a software or it's something else so first you need to understand what the project does and how it functions everything related to that so you have the documentation for that in readme file you can refer to that once you understand what the project is all about the next thing is to get into the community so uh, they have several channels like slack or gitter or even uh, uh, they have mailing list you can uh, uh, introduce there like you want to participate in gshock this year and where can you start from they will tell you the exact thing that you need to learn in order to understand about the project they will tell you few issues that you can solve as a beginner so after that uh, you get involved with the code base you look for issues you get into the code base you solve that issue now you have a clear understanding of how this whole architecture works what the code base is and how the things are connected with each other now if there is a certain kind of idea a new idea a new feature that they want to introduce in this gshock now you have a clear understanding of what the project needs so in order to create the proposal you will have that in depth detail about the things that you want to do about the connections you want to uh, do in the architecture about the every single small details that you want to do because you have already interacted with the code base and you know how things are already functioning and what a new how new things will be added to that on a different layer 
So, uh, I forgot what was the question. Yeah. So, uh, the basic question was, uh, how did you prepare and plan for GSOC, which you explained beautifully, right? Yeah. Up to the proposal, yeah, this is the perfect thing. Right. Uh, so, we have been talking about proposal. Um, so, can you just uh, give all the points that need to be covered in the proposal and the things that should not be in the proposal as well? Ayush is the master of proposals. I would <laughs> just like to add that keep the proposal realistic. The goal should be pro in the proposal realistic. Right, right. Everything else will be explained by Ayush now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ayush. Yes. Yeah, so first thing uh, you need to keep in mind while drafting a proposal is the actual need of the organization. Even if you are implementing an algorithm and it's not uh, it's not doing the actual work that the organization needs, then it's of no use. Even if it's a machine learning algorithm or deep learning algorithm or whatever. The main goal is to actually work on that particular thing that the organization needs at that moment. So what uh, it you will only understand that particular need once you will work with that code base. So first uh, you have to write your introduction that where you belong, you, your certain projects that you have done earlier, your contribution to open source in general, your contribution to open source for that particular project. So uh, if you have created an issue, then you can mention that issue if you have submitted few pull requests, then you can mention that pull request. Now, in terms of the idea, so you have to pinpoint every detail that your idea is doing uh, in terms of the requirements itself. So let's say a person uh, who is not familiar with the code base will not actually, uh, will they will not actually know that where they want to integrate this feature. So uh, once you will work uh, according to the code base, you will have the clear idea that you want to integrate this feature at that location, the exact location, the exact uh, feature list that you want to add and how the whole architecture will be there at the end of the day. So these things you can uh, give in details once you are familiar with the code base only. And also what you are bringing on to the table. So why the organization will select you. So you can list out your uh, skills not only technical skills, but your uh, communication skills, how you work in a team, how you are committed to a goal and you finish that goal before the time deadline, things like that. So these things you can uh, keep in the mind. Also, I will say that if you can attach some uh, reference code, uh, which we say is that an algorithm type of structure of your actual implementation, Let's say if you are implement, implementing a feature that contains uh, a function X that takes input, a function Y that gives you output, and you write that algorithm, a specific algorithm, a pseudo code for your actual uh, feature, then it will be really nice for the mentor to judge you, like how you are uh, thinking, how, what your thinking process is, how you want the whole things to be fitted in their project. So these things you can mention while uh, drafting a proposal. Ayush mentioned an example of writing pseudocode. Let me give you one more example. Like if you are developing an application, then you can uh, mention wireframes. If you are uh, working on a UI project, you can show them mock-up front-end, like mock-up front-end designs. 
so that will increase their confidence in you like they it will show that you have uh, put some work in the proposal and so it's like having a proof of concept of anything will increase your chance drastically also right. your previous contribution to that particular organization will matter a lot because uh, they don't really know what your real skill sets are so if you have contributed to their project if you have solved three or four issues then they are then they know that you have the clear understanding of the tech stack that the organization uses and you can really contribute to their project and it's not like a real interview so you won't go one on one with the mentor so they can't really ask you questions so it's better to write everything that you have in your hand that you can bring on the table it will increase your chance and and again uh, be realistic be honest like they also know you only have 3 months so only mention the thing you can do in the span of 3 months don't mention i'll build a rocket and go to the moon <laughs> people do that yeah. actually do that people do that people yeah. mention a lot of things and yes. like end up doing nothing yes 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 it 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 may happen for some people uh, so so in the proposal uh, do you include the issues that are already there and you are planning to solve those issues or uh, do you uh, include the your ideas or basically the issues that you created yourself um so that you can you can solve those issues you can include the issues that you have created yourself you can include the issues which you help them to close you can issue uh, you can uh, mention the pull request you have created you can even mention the code you have reviewed of other other pull requests so you can mention all of these things right uh, so before making uh, before before uh, submitting the proposal and before everything how much of the contribution should you make to that particular organization so that it should consider you or maybe uh, the the chances of getting selected are increased one or two medium size contributions are enough i guess like those contributions are not counted changing documentation adding right. test cases these are not counted Mm-hmm. some actual a feature implementation or a i would say medium level so two two is enough i guess two is enough to show your competence i think uh, you can mm-hmm. get by by one as well but for the safe side mm, for the safe side i would say have an extra pull request than your competitor yeah, yeah it's yes. also about competition because uh, lot many students are competing for that particular idea so if you want to get ahead of that then you literally solve more issues than them right so uh, how should uh, so coming back to the question uh, how should uh, we sh- how how should how should we shortlist the organization uh because there are as you said uh, there are more than 200 organizations right so how can uh, one one thing would be the tech stack of course but what other things or what other factors should we consider before shortlisting an organization when when i was looking for an organization my criteria was not tech stack it was okay. like uh, what is the number of people trying to apply for that project like the That's competition com- like competition was my major criteria for looking up projects 
and uh, e- even if there is some competition then i would look up my competition like what they are doing how they are faring like if they have any previous achievement so major thing was competition then skill set then the feasibility of idea like uh, idea is uh, doable or not so these were my three stages of shortlisting organization so i went through literally 200 organizations like okay everywhere. so how, how much time does it take it depends on you how much time do you have to spare in a day i spent around 4 5 hours a day and i think it took me at max a week okay and uh, what's your process ayush how do you shortlist the organization yeah the primary thing would be the tech stack because uh, if you don't know a particular tech stack then how you want how will you contribute to that project so first thing will be the tech stack i won't say you should be familiar with all the tech stack but the major major tech stack like a uh, programming language or a uh, machine learning something like machine learning something like web development if you are an app developer then you can look for app development there will be few more tech stack that will be involved in that project and you can learn that uh, while implementing those features the second uh, will be the competition as sail said because the competition plays a very important role let's say for one idea there are 20 people competing with each other and for another idea there are two people competing with each other then obviously you have more chances where the two people are competing also for a project i think uh, the the major uh, the primary thing that you should look for is your interest in that particular project if you don't want to work on a particular project if that don't interest you like uh, for me the project was uh, revolving around machine learning so i really i was really interested into data science and machine learning concept so i look for that project and i was really influenced with what i can do with machine learning on that particular project so i choose that project and i submitted the proposal in that organization because uh, there are some things uh, like in the proposal we can get we can focus on our ideas too right If what we have as a idea for the organization and that should basically align with the organization's idea as well yeah so like anybody, right? uh, let's let's say if you have an idea and you are mentioning in the proposal without discussing with me like as a maintainer then there are less chances like there are more chances that that idea is going to be discarded so that's why again the yeah. communication plays an important role if you have anything new to share if you have a newer perspective you should share with the community we will discuss on it we will look out the possibilities then you should include it in your proposal not without discussing i will complete uh, what sail said yeah yeah please do Uh, so if you take an example of a normal proposal so if you look at a proposal a gshock proposal there are things like people uh, assign a certain week for their learning process only so let's say i am not familiar with the code base so i will assign one week to get familiar with the code base uh, second thing that i don't know how php works then i will assign a third week for my php learning and fourth week to implement that php knowledge so the timeline goes on like this and mentors are totally uh, 
totally comfortable with this timeline because they know that you need certain time to learn things and certain time to implement those things so that's why i told you like it's a learning process it's not like a real internship and you nobody expects you to learn everything nobody expect you to need uh, to have concept of everything the mentor is there they will tell you the right resources they will tell you what you need to know in order to contribute to their project also it's like not like an mcq examination where you take an incorrect option and you will be marked zero okay even even if you are able to finish your 70 or 80% of the project they are also humans so they understand so they will pass you uh, but it's your responsibility to complete that remaining portion after the gsop because it's open source you can always contribute to it so it goes like this you don't need you don't even need to complete the 100% of the project although it's recommended to complete it but mentors are very understanding uh, i will describe the process about how how we prepared and planned for gsoc so sahil can you explain Uh, the process once you get selected for an organization like you submit the proposal um, the orga- organization likes the proposal and they select you to work uh, on that particular repository for gsoc so what after that uh, i think there is community bonding period right yep so now it's totally up to you you want to complete your 3 months pro- uh, project in one month you want to span it out into 3 months so it's advised to use the community bonding period uh, for doing actual community bonding but in my case what happened like the community was just me and the mentor so we had already bonded very well so okay. what should we do in community bonding so i started coding right away in the community bonding period only okay. by which i was able to finish my work one month earlier right uh, so it's it's totally up to you how do you plan to work like that's why they ask you for a detailed timeline you have to create a timeline as detailed as possible in the proposal for a week to week basis okay okay so uh, how many hours did you dedicate or how many hours uh, usually a person should dedicate uh, in gsoc per week again Let's again say. again it's up to your pro, uh, potential i have seen many like many friends of mine completed the gsoc project gsoc project in community bonding period itself and many oh, wow. students like me are still working on their projects so it, it's totally up to you and number of hours i would say the most number of hours would be spent on learning on we if if okay. you have picked a new tech stack okay. else it's like uh, you sh- you can follow your proposal and it will like you can follow your timeline it will go very smoothly you have plenty much of time to do things like a month for an evaluation sometimes okay. you are not able to like estimate the right amount of time like we mentioned 3 weeks for a project like for a, a bug or a feature and we did it in 3 days and sometimes it happens like we mentioned one week and we are working on it for 3 weeks so yeah. it it is very flexible after you get selected in gsoc you can communicate with your mentor and like things will go accordingly right uh, so for example if uh, like let's consider uh, someone who has not contributed much uh, to open source but is aiming at gsoc this year what should he do and um, does he have a chance to get selected 
definitely definitely he has a chance of getting selected so for now what he should or she should do is not focus on gsoc focus on contributing to projects right it can be random projects it can be their favorite projects it can be the targeted organization projects like this is the time for exploring and strengthening your skill set because let's say we are saying that skill set is not an important factor but what if if you are a master in a skill set like no one can compete with you let's say you are a master in flutter and an organization has completely a project built with flutter so i can tackle their issues easily i can open multiple pull requests in that repository so won't that increase my chances so right. this this is the time of strengthening your tech stack right and uh, contributing in whatever tech stack you know not learning anything new but contributing to whatever you know and uh, after that in feb you should start looking for organizations like it, it's not it's never too late because i know a person uh, in fossilology itself uh, he came literally one day before the deadline okay. one day before the deadline and he got selected so if if you know your stuff you can you can definitely do it <laughs> yes so so he came before the deadline like he started contributing before the deadline <laughs> no no he submitted that? and he appeared in the slack channel just one day before <laughs> okay but mentor saw that he know what he is doing he has previous experience like he had done same thing in the past with another project he might have mentioned it in the proposal and his credentials were good so like it's all about strategy so what is the best advice that you have received <laughs> till now regarding open source contribution regarding open source contribution and also in general life is like don't be shy just go for it right what will happen at worst someone will humiliate you what else yeah, yeah. the exact the uh, wording is never ask to ask yeah never ask to ask don't ask to ask yeah. just ask it right right ask. people think a lot and people hesitate to talk more yeah. yep so like you can save literally ask by just asking the right thing to a right person exactly right well else, else you will wander around the universe you will not solve that issue right like right. if you need help just ask for it no one will deny finally what advice would you give to the students who are a bit hesitant to do their first pull request or are thinking uh, very much or have that imposter th- imposter syndrome hmm again i would say just do it because you won't get to learn anything until unless you get your hands dirty and uh, you cannot do that without uh, opening your first pull request so let's say it's like uh, what what will you lose right what's going to happen at worst like they'll clo- close your pull request what else right they'll ban you from that repository there are several other repositories right right um so, i yeah i think sail has mentioned everything but i would say that be consistent with what you are doing 
a lot of people i have seen that they lose hope in the end even in like one or two days they lose hope like yeah, this is not my thing i can't do this and most of the people they are really out of the league so once you are consistent you will get ahead of those people and you will be in that spot where you can do the thing and like open source is really helpful in terms of a community so everybody is there to help you so just ask for help and they will get to you will get get to the end where you need to go in terms of pull request i will say is that see what other pull request got merged in that repository it will give you a brief idea of what other people are doing to get their pull request merged in that repository you can do the same thing you can read out the contributing.md file to look up specific contribution guidelines you can follow them and in the end if if nothing goes in your way you will have the you will get the chance to revert your changes you will get the chance to correct your mistake and you can really do that and the, nobody will uh, punish you for that so don't hesitate and just ask for help thanks a lot both of you uh, i did my first pull request in this hacktober fest and I, i was much more curious about open source and gsoc um after listening to you guys i have gained that confidence to finally um, at least try for gsoc this year our listeners too must have uh, learned a lot and at dscpvg cot encourages every listener to start contributing to open source and learn from others and if you have a chance and if you have that desire then participate for gsoc this year as well and as uh, ayush said uh, may source be with you thank you